Welcome back to Orlando Out of Context. I'm Brian. And I'm Stephanie. And today we have a special guest. We have Omar, and he is here uh, repping Give Kids the World. Omar, what's your last name? Do you care to give your last name? or? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, my, it actually said David S. Pumpkin, Omar S. Pumpkins there. For the last time I was on my Zoom, it was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my last name is El Kayubi. El Kayubi. Oh, wow. That's a mouthful. What, what kind of... Uh... What's the nationality of, of, is that? It's Egyptian. Oh, okay. oh wow. Nice. Um, so welcome. So do you, uh, we kind of connected with you because Dina mentioned that you worked um, with Give Kids the World. So is Give Kids the World something that you do full time or is that something that you donate your time to? So yeah, both. Um, when, before I worked here, I volunteered um, putting on special events, one of them being Hearts of Reality. Um, and I did that for several years and kind of transformed um, that event into something new and exciting. Um, we're about to actually do a special edition of that event in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's where we bring together reality stars from Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother, um, now NXT WWE, and uh, several other avenues to raise money for Give Kids the World. And then we do a fan event that obviously is very different this year than we typically do, but we're, we'll be doing that at Margaritaville Orlando Resort on December 3rd through 5th. So that led me obviously here. Um, and three years ago, there was a position that opened up in development for special events. Um, and so I applied and obviously I, now I work here and um, I, get to, I get paid to do what I love in a place that I love and um it doesn't feel like work so it's great that's awesome that's what you want for sure what yeah. are you doing with the company three years um it was just this past october just last month nice um so you, you initially started doing volunteer work there and that's how you kind of got into it yeah i realized i loved it um i learned about it because i used to do kind of what you guys do i worked with behind the thrills and um, they had a blogger event here one night and I came and I'd never heard of it. This was even before Hearts of Reality. And uh, they let us know all the things that Give Kids the World does. And I obviously fell in love with it and wanted to do whatever I could do. So I kind of, it, it was kind of a drive for me to do a lot of volunteering. So what I started doing was figuring out ways that I can fundraise um, for Give Kids the World because you can do that from anywhere. And I did that for a while, then Hearts of Reality came along and then eventually the position opened up and, um, yeah, it's all it's all history from there. Nice. So it's always been uh, kind of like I always have these different people in my mind brewing that I want to talk to on the podcast. Give Kids the World has always been on the back burner of my mind. And then when Dina told us about the Christmas event, I was like, this might yeah. be the perfect time to like slide it in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I went to give kids the world the first time like ugh, back in 2004. I did some volunteer work uh, when I was on the Disney College program. So that was kind of like my introduction to Give Kids the World. I did like a volunteer opportunity, like when a parent's night out, we were like babysitting kids when the parents went out. So that was kind of cool. Um, can you give us a little history about the property and like how it, you know, affects our community here and what all the things that it does for the kids? And Yeah. So even though we're a, a local charity, um, 
We are an international charity, really. We fulfill wishes from 76 countries. Uh, so children from all over the world that have one wish, and that's to come to Central Florida for whatever reason, as you can see behind me, um, Walt Disney World and SeaWorld are two of our biggest partners, Universal. So any wish that has to do with Central Florida, they get an entire week's uh, vacation here at the resort for them and their entire family, and it's completely cost-free. And it's cost-free because of the money that we raise um, and the supporters that we have that make it that way and the volunteers that are here that serve food and run the rides and do all the things that um, the kids and the families enjoy so much. So the village has been here for uh, around 36 years, um, since 1986. Uh, but it actually, the reason I said 36 years is because uh, Henry, our, Henry Landworth, our founder, who was a Holocaust survivor, was a hotel owner, and he um, was getting a lot of requests for wishes from Walt Disney World and from the different parks that were in the area at that time. And so he would fulfill them. He would allow the families to stay in his hotels um, on the Space Coast. And actually, um, there's a resort right on 192 that he used to own and, and did the same thing. Um, a little girl who was in the process of getting her wish, unfortunately, she passed away before she got her wish fulfilled and he wanted to know why. And it just, it took a lot, of, it was a lot, a big process to get that wish fulfilled. So he vowed to never let that happen again and decided that he would start his own resort that would fulfill the wishes for all these kids. So Give Kids the World began with just one villa. And you know, because you were here the other night, that now we're 166 villas. Um, over 35 years later, and um, we can have several families. And even if even if we have 166 families at the time, we never say no. So we actually work with resorts to make sure that the wish can be fulfilled, even if we're at capacity. So there are lots of great things that happen at the village, as you mentioned. Um, there are different parties every night. We don't have that particular party anymore that you were talking about, but we have uh, Christmas every week and Halloween and we have a birthday party. Um, we have a whole year that you can celebrate within just one week mm. because sadly um, a lot of the families don't know if their child will make it to the next Christmas or the next Halloween. So we just we live life all in one week and we, we make all the memories um, that we can make in that time. They get to go to Disney, they get to go to SeaWorld, really anywhere they want to go. If they want to go to Gatorland, if they want to go ride the the, the wheel on iDrive, if they want to go go-karting or airboating, whatever it is, we have partnerships with all the resorts um, and all of the theme parks to um, pretty much be able to say yes to anything. So when a family gets granted the wish, then do they have access to like a, a concierge or a planner to speak to like prior to their arrival? I'm guessing they'd have to, because if they have access to all those things, they have to decide what they want to do, right? Right. And the majority of the families that come here um, are, are are typically lower income for whatever reason. You know, a lot of times it's it's the medical bills, it's all kinds of things. So they really have never been on a vacation. Maybe in their in their in some cases in their lifetime, like some of the parents that have been here had never been on a plane before. Mm -hmm. um, so we do have a, a village we call village vacation planning, and we have a whole team, and that team consists of several people that split up the country and and international among each other and they get that that agent that can they can talk to and figure out what they want to do and plan but also things that you don't always think about um, with kids that have these kinds of illnesses and conditions there are lots of um, dietary needs and things like that so we make sure we have all of those things here when they arrive 
so they can just arrive and, and, and enjoy their time and not worry about any of that stuff, including any medical equipment. We order it ahead of time and it's, it's in their villa when they arrive, if they need a wheelchair or a walker or um, any sort of assistive device for anything that they need while they're here. So Stephanie mentioned that she uh, donated her time while she was on the college program. What are ways that, that people can get involved if they want to volunteer their time to give kids a world? And what is the range of different volunteer positions that you guys have? So thinking about right now, and because you guys just mentioned this, we have Night of a Million Lights. So all of our volunteer positions right now, because we don't have families here, um, are Night of a Million Lights based. So we have lots of positions in entertainment, um, characters, um, food prep and uh, crowd control and several, several positions that will go all the way through January 3rd for Night of a Million Lights. And then eventually when we reemerge and we open um, again for wishes, there is literally everything you can imagine. Um, the uh, ride operators, uh, castle attendants, there are characters obviously in food preparation, uh, not food preparation, that's staff, but food, uh, food serving, um, shuttles. That uh, healthcare workers. Do you have healthcare workers that give their time? We're not a medical facility, so we don't have any healthcare workers ever on property. It's kind of a week off for kids from medical things. Um, but we do have a very strong um, relationship with the emergency medical workers. So we have a whole plan in place. If, if any of that is needed, they can get in very easily and get to, to help whatever family needs it. Um, but we don't have medical um, medical staff, but a lot of times if families need a, a nurse or caretaker, they bring them along and they're part of the family for that week and they take care of, of the child if they need it. We also noticed uh, as we were walking around the property, uh, lots of little details. Like I saw, um, you know, out in the garden area, like a little swing where you, you know, people would normally sit on the swing, but one side of the swing allowed you to like push the wheelchair so that you can, you know, have the wheelchair on the swing too. And it's yeah. something you don't really think about until I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice detail. Yeah. All, all of our, we have, we have four, we have three rides if you don't include the swing, because the, the swing we don't really consider a ride, but um, we have three other rides, the carousel, um, Lori's Magical Flight, which is like Dumbo at Magic Kingdom, and then the Kelly Sunny Swing. And all of those are wheelchair accessible. And they were all donated by Zamperla, who builds uh, ride attractions. And so they altered them all to be able to take a wheelchair. And even our train that runs around um, Amberville, uh, typically when we're not doing lights, is also wheelchair accessible. So kids can, can enjoy that as well. It was my first visit to Give Kids the World. Of course, I'd heard about it, um, you know, from the moment I arrived in Orlando I had heard about it but had never been there and uh, I kind of got definitely like uh, opened my eyes a little bit to what it was because I mentioned to Stephanie while we were there that if you know if they're if the child or something is comes up and they're not maybe feeling well you know they don't have to miss out on you know if they have to skip a park or or something or they have to come back early there's so much stuff to do at Give Kids the World that it's like it's like a, you know, it really is an all-inclusive place to be. And uh, I was really, I was really impressed uh, by it. And 
just the the size and how many you know villas there were and uh, really cool and so now that kind of puts us into you can go uh, people can go right now to night of a million lights which normally uh, the property is not open to the public correct that's correct um, we typically have once a year we have our 5k that takes place here in the village called challenge for hope um, this year it was virtual, so we didn't have that, you know, we weren't open to the public then. But yes, Night of a Million Lights is the first time in the Give Kids the World history, other than Challenge for Hope, that it's open to the public. And even with Challenge for Hope, you don't really have the opportunity to go into some of the venues that you can do and ride rides and do things and go to the pool um, that you can do with Night of a Million Lights. So it really kind of is a, a once in a lifetime uh, experience while you're here. But supporting what you said, too, um, a lot of what uh, what happens is you know the the families get their their week here and typically they'll do oops the light in here we'll <laughs> um they'll get there one day and they'll do a theme park and the next day they decide they want to stay here because you know we have two swimming pools we even have a wheelchair accessible swimming pool and we have pvc wheelchairs that can go into the pool um, we have uh, a mini golf course, which you probably experienced that was built by Universal that's now decorated for the holidays. We have fishing and we have horseback riding and we have uh, an arcade and we have a movie theater that we show first run movies on a, on a, a nightly basis from Universal and Disney. Um, and then in addition to all the holiday parties and we have a, a salon where you can get your nails done and your hair done and we have an ice cream uh, parlor that serves ice cream from 7.30 in the morning all the way up until 9 p.m. at night and they can get whatever they want on it. Um, and obviously the rides and there's just so many things that um, make it more than a resort. And it's kind of like a cruise ship on land. You can really kind of do whatever you That's want That's what to Stephanie do. said. That's what I felt like. I was like, I want to move in here. It's nice. They have yeah. everything here. And the, the streets, they just look so quaint. Like when you're, I don't know, maybe it's the lights that make it look even better, but it's just cute how they're, you know, the little circle around the lake and, you know, all the little buildings that look so colorful for the kids. I'm sure as a child, that would be like, a, you know, an amazing thing to see. And just like, yeah. it's all yours for the week. Yes, it's pretty fun. And it's, it's great now walking around every night and seeing people enjoy it and looking at what they, um, uh, just like what you mentioned, the things that you notice that we don't always think that, you know, we think about when we're, when we're here. So it's just, it's great. And, even though I've been working on the lights and seeing them for several weeks now, being here with people that I know and taking them around and seeing it through their eyes and their perspective of it, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's a mile long walk. Um, we, there, there's never been anything like it um, in central Florida and it does definitely fill that Osborne lights void that that's left behind. Yeah, I think that that's really what makes it uh, so eye-catching. Um, I know we, we already did a, a TikTok on it. We posted it last night. And I think one of the comments was, oh, it reminds me of Osborne Lights, which definitely is the vibe. And that was a beloved attraction at uh, Walt Disney World that's no longer there. So if you're looking to get your night, or excuse me, your uh, Osborne Lights fix, Night of a Million Lights is definitely the place to do it. So tell us a little bit about where the idea came from or when the idea originated, because we noticed how much detail went into all of it. It Whatever you're thinking it is. It's a million times it's more. It's a million times more because we were really impressed. We were really impressed. It was a beautiful event. So tell us a little bit about the... Um, 
kind of the execution, the, the origin and the origin story and, and execution of the event. So when we closed in March, um, obviously just like everything else with, with COVID, um, we, we weren't able to fulfill wishes the way that we did before, obviously. And um, so we were starting to think of ways that we could utilize the space, this amazing space to do other things. And so in the process of that, um, we had talked about this kind of last year and it was kind of like a pie in the sky idea. We were like, what if we did something like Osborne? And we just, you know, it's just not possible when you have families here and it would intrude on their time. So when we had this, um, this, this time that we found, this newfound time, we decided we would, we would, you know, we go with it. So back in late July, early August, when we were thinking of ways, we brought, we brought this idea back up again and started talking. Uh, Stephen Amos, who's our, uh, one of our development directors, I'm a development manager. Um, he started moving forward with the idea and uh, we spoke with uh, our, one of our big partners, Walt Disney World, um, and we started hiring some lighting techs that worked at Disney that were furloughed. Um, and with those lighting techs, we found out that there were um, about 3 million lights in storage from Walt Disney World that would have been for the final year of Osborne, which didn't happen, obviously, because they wound up closing it to do um, the, the Galaxy's Edge. So uh, we reached out to our Disney partners and they said, absolutely, we'll sponsor. They donated all the lights and brought them here, wow. um, brand new. Uh, industrial strength lights and uh, the the journey began we had our, our lighting designer and um, our technical directors and a huge staff of people start putting up the lights in about eight weeks we became where we were and along the way we um, decided that we would showcase all the people that support give kids the world that we don't typically get to to, to showcase and talk about so 52 45 of our villas but 52 of our partners um, came together and they individually decorated their own villas and or did different areas within the village. So each um, villa has a theme based on one of our partners. So there's everything from Ripley's, believe it or not, to SeaWorld, to Boston Market and Perkins and Chick-fil-A and iTech and Orlando WWE. Soccer. Yep. Uh, WWE, Orlando City Soccer, Mix 105.1, um, Nolan's Roofing. Um, WFTV Channel 9, Stanley Steamer, Wonderworks, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm certain I'm, I'm missing some, uh, Mears and Advent Health and Nemours. Um, so all these villas have these really whimsical displays in their yards and um, it, it gives people the opportunity to see all of the wonderful places that support Give Kids the World. And then even above that, I don't know if you guys had a chance to come into Town Hall, which is where I am now, downstairs um, Planet Hollywood took over our um, entryway to Town Hall and they brought we original we, we, we looked at Town Hall but we it didn't, didn't appear know. to be open for business <laughs> so we just looked at it yeah you get, you gotta, you'll have to come back we'll have to get you guys back out here because we have the original Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way um, that has Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and everything we have wow. um, Fire robe that Whitney Houston wore in Preacher's Wife. Oh, wow. um, we have the sled from Jack Frost. We have the original Santa suit from Miracle on 34th Street. Um, we have uh, something from Scrooge, the one of the tickets from the taxi cab. Um, so there's all kinds of Planet Hollywood um, 
themed movie props, original movie props. So actually Turbo Man hangs right above you and you come in. Hmm. Uh, and so, and there are some other jingle all the way props as well. Uh, so there are all kinds of little additional touches that we have throughout the village. And then of course, the, the, the fun thing that you also get to do is um, we have free ice cream and hot chocolate uh, included with your ticket and you can enjoy that by the pool. Um, but then also we have several uh, COVID precautions. So masks are required everywhere except for the pool while you're eating and drinking. And, and we saw people yelling at people and monitoring the situation. So there were a lot of volunteers there. So there are a lot of people maintaining the safety there. We were, we were pretty um, pleased with that. And everyone yeah. was so kind, like people just saying hi and are you having a good night? And, you know, there were a lot of nice people there that we spoke with. Yeah, and um, we try to keep that culture alive here. Um, you hear enough of the bad stuff, so we, we try and make it fun and make sure it's safe. And it's a mile long over, we're an 84 acre resort. So you, you don't have to be near anybody if you don't wanna be or need to be. Um, there's plenty of room and we kept our capacity, our ticket capacity pretty low. So that way um, the, the number of people within the village are, you know, everybody can spread out and be as- We were trying to come earlier, but those first few nights were sold out. Right, so that's what I was gonna say. So for those who are listening to the podcast now, uh, you want uh, to definitely have some urgency when you go and uh, grab your tickets because uh, potentially you, you could wanna go on a night that's already sold out. So highly recommend that you go and, and check it out. Where um, can they purchase uh, tickets, Omar? So they can go to givekidstheworld.org slash lights or even simplified more than that, gktw.org slash lights. Um, you can look at us up on Instagram at gktwvillage. Um, same thing on Twitter and also on Facebook. So you can get your tickets there, but you can also see um, a little sneak peek of what we're doing here with the lights. You can see um, photos and videos and things that we've done so you, you get a good idea of what it is that we um, are doing here. There's a lot of really fun stuff to see. So I have like one weird question. Um, well, it might not be weird. So if you have a family that comes for their Make-A-Wish trip, um, are they allowed to come back? Like if they want to just come back on their own, you know, because they do enjoy, you know, having someone to take care of all their special needs? Or is it only like a, just for your one-time wish trip? That's actually a great question. Um, you only get one wish, but you get alumni visits that you can do and you can schedule throughout the year. So you don't get to stay in the village, but you can come back and experience one of our nights. Usually people want to come back for Christmas because they can visit with Santa. They can have Christmas dinner. They can get um, a present from Santa on Thursdays and enjoy all the holiday festivities. Um, but yes, you can come back. A, a lot of families, I don't know if you had a chance to go into our castle, but we have the, the Castle of Miracles has the ceiling covered in gold stars um, and the kids write their names on them. So a lot of times parents will wanna come back and see the stars um, and show other family members uh, whether or not their child is, is, is with them still. And um, so yes, you can absolutely, they, they can come back and do those alumni visits and be a part of what we have, but they only get a limited number of those per year. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice option. Um, so then do you build relationships with some of these children or is it like they're not really there that long? Oh, we do. Um, 
it, and it all depends on how much we interact with them. There are several families that I've become close personal friends with. And what is amazing is that several of the families wind up moving here. Um, three or four of the families that I, that I know of and I still talk to on a regular basis actually lived in different parts of the country and even in the, of the world and decided to move here because they wanted to be closer to the village. They wanted to continue to volunteer. Um, they just feel like this amazing connection. And a lot of them have become our spokes family. So we use them, uh, for instance, we were, we were asked to be on the Kelly Clarkson show um, before the pandemic and we were, we were about to film, but we had some alumni families go out and they talk about things. When we have news stories specifically with um, this event, with other events that we do like Challenge for Hope and Over the Edge, um, we utilize those families to come out and tell the story of the village firsthand and how it changed their lives. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Uh, so is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we get into our, um, well, well, I think that she's, she, we have notes here, but she's like not I'm asking all you all the questions that we have. Well, on we've already notes. covered those. So, uh, time. <laughs> the last question about Night of a Million Lights is something that Steph and I had talked about while we were there. What is the possibility of it being a tradition? Obviously, you've already spoke about, uh, spoke to the fact that there's challenges when there's families there, uh, you know, on their wish trips. But what is the possibility of it somehow becoming a yearly tradition moving forward? Well, when we first did it, we said um, it, that, that it was going to be a once in a lifetime thing and we were going to do it once. Um, it probably will never be as big as it is now. Um, but I will say that there have already been serious talks about what we're going to do next year and how we're going to make it different and make it just as exciting. Um, one of those things would be, and no one knows this publicly, so you guys have the first, uh, the first scoop on this is we would do um, something similar to what Osborne did with the, the dancing lights um, back in our fairy tale forest. Um, so that was one of the preliminary ideas for next year. It will come back in some capacity. We will be doing something else. And I think it will become a tradition um, and maybe it'll be a little bit different every year. So we keep it fresh and keep people wanting to come back and, and seeing new things. So um, definitely, you know, keep your eyes open for next year and then see what we're doing on our social media. Um, but it, it will be back in some way. Well, that's cool. That's very I think it also exciting. will help like raise awareness, you know, since it is close to the public and it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of set back in a weird area, like, you know, mm -hmm. past the Walmart. I don't think people probably know that much about it if they don't have, you know, children or, you know, anyone that they have known that mm -hmm. has had a wish granted. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny. Um, I think it was last week we were doing a bunch of last minute things until about one or two in the morning and we're on golf carts moving around moving things around and we drive past our gate and there are people just standing there with their hands like looking inside and they're just like oh we're just looking it's so beautiful and they could only see a little portion because we don't really have the perimeter decorated like facing out to the road it's all interior but they could see you know like town hall and they could see some of the bigger buildings and how they were covered in lights and they were just peering in and, um, you know, they couldn't wait for us to open so they could come and so the neighbors that live, you know, there's some neighborhoods around us and uh, they went out for a walk and saw. And now, and now what's really cool too is one of the last minute additions that we had was this, um, all the lifts that we use to install the lights up high mm -hmm. um, in our parking lot, they took two of the lifts 
together the bucket lifts and they made this six story Christmas tree that you can see from almost from 192 if the trees weren't <laughs> tall. That's how, that's how big it is. That's tall. Um, so it really kind of, and that was a last minute idea from our lighting designers that were like, we have some lights left, let's do something else. Yeah, that's the so thing that we were, we were commenting on as we walking through. We were like, there's so much here to like see and do and Like everything is in lights. Like I didn't expect that so much would be lit up. Like, like it's Osborne, like Osborne lights. And we were saying, well, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that, but they did it. And so it's, it's interesting to now have the, the insider look at well it, it's it's actually the osborne lights that they had in storage and you have designers that came in from disney to help facilitate it so now it kind of makes sense it's like oh okay well that's why it's you know the the, the detail is there and um you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty incredible it's it's not what i expected it to be and it is definitely a world-class uh, event and attraction for the holiday season and it's it's one of those things where you know you there's a lot of negative things that come out of the pandemic but this is definitely you know uh, uh it's kind of a twist on of something that came out because unfortunately there's a lot of kids not getting their wishes but um i think that just the awareness and um, what we can do to prepare for um, us to come out of pandemic through, you know, nine million lights is great. So. Yeah. It's, it's like our president Pam says, um, if there is some sort of silver lining in all of this, it's this event. Mm -hmm. um, it really is inspirational to come in and see a place like no other where universal and SeaWorld and Disney have come together in the same space side by side. Um, you know, Perkins and Boston Market, who typically, you know, you know, they're rival restaurants, their villas are across the street from each other. They support us. They do all of our food year round so that we, you know, we can now thank them for doing that. But you can go out onto our mini golf course and see a volcano that that Universal put in on top of the cave and the searchlights and, um, you know, all the dinosaurs decorated and you know, the Disney, there's two Disney villas, the Cinderella's Villa and Belle's Villa in the back of the village um, and the SeaWorld Villa. And, you know, all of these partners have come together. We saw the Disney villas. Yeah, we, we must have missed that. We we must have missed I'm going to get, we'll get you back out here another we night. We were there for literally like two and a half hours and then it started to pour. So we just decided to leave. But we yeah, were there for a really long time. Yeah, there was yeah so now we really know and inside the buildings too we saw some of the buildings inside but like that's what we're saying too like there's so much to see and obviously we didn't see it. we didn't <laughs> see it all so yeah. that's awesome so yeah. um we're gonna spin things around back on you omar because we talked a lot about nine of a million lights and um give kids the world um but we like to when we have guests who um well, all of our guests generally live in Orlando. We want to know some of your favorite things about Orlando. And we kind of just do like a, a, a little speed, speed round, speed round of kind of like a quick question. First comes to your mind um, uh, about, about Orlando. So Stephanie is going to ask a few questions. Uh, well, we actually, we forgot to ask you at the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah, how long true. have you been in Orlando and what brought you here? So what brought me here is being born. I've, I'm actually a native. <laughs> Um, I visited a lot of places, but nothing makes me as happy as Orlando. I love it. So you're a native Orlandoian. It, yes. 
Wow, that's amazing. We don't, we haven't run into too many of those in our podcast. Maybe like you might be like the third or fourth. Maybe even the second. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Maybe the first. So then you know all about you. You you should be like a pro at this. Um, what is your favorite Orlando restaurant? Hmm, that's hard. Um. Or one that you like to frequent often, or like your latest find, or... I honestly don't know. I like, I don't know. I, I'm stumped on that one. I don't know what my favorite one is. I've been are to so many- You're not really a foodie. Trying to, no, I am, but I, I, I'm easy to please. So it's hard to <laughs> see. I like chains. I'm not picky. Like I like, um, I don't know. Let me think about that. I'll come back to that. That's a tough one. I don't know why it's so tough. I can't think of what my favorite is. All right. Well, what's your favorite holiday event? Well, can I add to the oh, fall, favorite holiday okay. event? So let's obviously what? Night of a Million Lights. Of course, that's a favorite holiday event. But let's also put from years past in terms of if we were not in a pandemic, what would be your favorite holiday uh, event in Orlando? Well, I love, I love things with, I assume by holiday, you mean, oh, there goes the lights again. <laughs> I assume you mean Christmas. Sure. Um, or uh, yeah, the holiday season. So or I love Halloween or. Or yeah, I mean, well, Halloween is my, is my thing, as you know, because, you know, with Dina, we did all of the Halloween guide. I was her Halloween guy, Orlando fill in for this year. So really, I know all the things Halloween from the petrified forest to Sir Henry's Haunted Trail. Those are probably my two favorite. No, they're doing a Christmas event this year. Um, the uh, Sir Henry's, yeah, I saw I saw the sign when I was there. I'll be visiting that too, as if I don't get enough lights from here. But <laughs> gotta support the other places too. Okay, so you're a Halloween guy. Yeah, I mean, I love Christmas too, but Halloween is my number one. Okay. Um, and so what is your favorite Orlando attraction it doesn't have to be a theme park but like something that you would uh you know do uh and you would take you know visitors to orlando to it, it can be a, it could be a park or it could be attraction and park but it doesn't have to be it, it's not limited to uh just a, a, an attraction or a, a theme park um this this might be boring and not like a an off the wall kind of thing but <laughs> universal is my favorite um, I have my annual pass there for almost 20 years. Um, and actually, shameless plug, I'm doing a birthday campaign fundraiser for Give Kids the World where I'm going to spend the day writing ET from open to close. <laughs> for every $100 I raise, it's one more trip. Um, I've raised $1,100 so far. I'm trying to get to 1500 because I feel like that's about where maybe I can do 15 in a day. I don't know if I have enough time for that. <laughs> like for every time. single ride on the ride? Yeah, so I'm trying to get, so I've raised $1,140 so far, so that's 11 rides on it. Okay. I'm gonna try and pick, I don't know if I can do on my actual birthday because I don't know what time they close. I'm gonna try and pick the day that they're open and close the longest so I can do it. Um, and I'll be like posting and, and doing live videos on my social media, writing. Are you gonna be day. wearing obnoxious birthday uh clothing well i i went and got et i got an et shirt i've got et socks and i'm gonna wear as much et stuff as possible um 
and I think it'll be fun. My uh, coworker did It's a Small World um, for his birthday, and he raised a, a ton of money for Give Kids the World. So, um, so going back to your original answer, Universal is my favorite place. Um, in that would be fun to do. We should do that. That would be. That's a good outside of the box <laughs> uh, that. idea. That's, that's yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's a slow day. My birthday's on a Sunday, so I might not do it on my birthday because I just, I'm hoping that I can get, like, talk to the people there at the ride and just see if I can ride without getting off. Like, if they'll just give me a row and I just never get off. I think that's more interesting. And um, I might be having a hard time sleeping because I'm going to be singing that song in my in my head. <laughs> I haven't been on an ET in so long. I uh, haven't been on an ET since I was in high school. I mean. Oh, you guys are missing out. <laughs> so Let's, tell us uh, for everyone who's listening now. Well, when's your birthday? Well, you should, when's your birthday? Or yeah. When do you think you're going to be doing it? What date? So my birthday is November 29th. So next Sunday. Um, so I'm thinking either the, I'm thinking my best bet for like crowd wise might be the Monday, the 30th. Okay. Uh, yeah the next so day this podcast will air before that happens so people will still have time to if they want to support you and um uh help you uh with that uh fundraising so what where they can they find your social media so they can um so yeah um my facebook is public um and you can see my name here on the screen you can find me there uh, and, and the fundraiser is there. It's me on the E.T. bike. You can see that. Yeah. Actually, no, it's the one where E.T.'s in the closet with the clothes. Mm -hmm. And then my profile picture is me on the E.T. bike. So um, yeah, I went out there and did the little, uh, the little photo op. So I had you know, a way to promote this. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and my Instagram is at the Omar show um, with underscores in between the words. And I have um, a link there as well. So people can donate. And I will say like, even if people donate just $5, like that will add up. It doesn't have to be a hundred, but for every, you know, every hundred is another ride. So it doesn't have to be a hundred dollars. You donate just even $5 is great. And so for, we will put in the show notes, uh, Omar's last name, cause they won't, they won't see it because, uh, uh, they won't be able to see it, but we will put it link. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll get the we'll get the link. But in the show yeah. notes of this episode, uh, they'll be able to uh, um, click over to your Facebook. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We we learned. I learned a lot. Yeah. And uh, thank you for um, you know giving us more knowledge about give kids the world. And make sure you guys go and check out uh, Night of a Million Lights. Really, it's a great experience. Um, and, you know, there, it'll help you learn more about Good Kids of the World as well. So is there Let's any final, any final thing you want to say? I want to try something. I want to see if I can take you guys out on the balcony here. Okay. A little, bit of a, a little bit of a preview. I don't know how much you can see. You can definitely hear the music. And you, wow. and you can see the mushroom and volunteer services. Wow. And you can hear all the music, but this is just the avenue here, and uh, you get you get just an idea of how bright and how many lights there are. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's it's really bright. Yeah. Man, you get the office with the view. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the I'm in the boardroom, and then this is this is uh, town hall. You can see it's completely covered, and how you can see how they do that at the bottom with the PVC pipe. Oh wow. It's all covered, yeah. 
So a little a little sneak peek to see what it looks like from a hall. And we saw uh, some videos of Jody Benson singing there. Yeah, we had her here um, for our media preview. Um, she's a friend of mine that I met working in. Um, oh, just community. a friend, just Jody Benson, <laughs> just a friend. And so she'd been hearing from me for several years about Give Kids the World, and we had her come for the first time. She'd been doing things that we could, you know, auction off, like she signed things and things like that. And we did a, an event with her in February, an evening with Jody Benson here at the Village, made like twenty-five thousand dollars, and then. Wow. Um, when the pandemic happened, I started pulling together the, um, the different cast reunions. So we had uh, her and all of the original voice uh, princesses. So Irene Bedard, who's Pocahontas, um, Paige O'Hara, who's Belle, and Linda Larkin, who's Jasmine. And we did a Zoom that I hosted and we talked to them and fans um, were able to watch. And that raised $9,000. And then shortly after that, I also worked with John Morris, who is the voice of Andy from Toy Story. And we pulled together several cast members from Toy Story. Um, John Ratzenberger, who is Ham, Laurie Metcalf, who's Andy's mom. Um, we had uh, Jody Benson, who's Barbie, and uh, Jeff Garland, who was um, the unicorn. I can't remember the name of the unicorn. Um, and then probably three or four other cast members and we did a cast reunion and that raised another five or six thousand dollars. So yeah, she just has become such a great friend of the village and actually we had her record over the PA so she does the announcements in the in the village during Night of a Million Lights and talks about Give Kids the World uh, too while she was here but she came okay. out, she sang um, Part of Your World and then a Jingle Bells sing along and um, she did a tour and we made a video of that so she's a great supporter. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining us and make sure everyone who's listening, go check out Give Kids the World and Night of Million Lights. And until next time, guys, bye. bye. Follow us on Instagram at Orlando Out of Context. Instagram is where you can connect and interact with us as well as see photos and videos related to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Thank you.